Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 11th of October 2011. For newcomers, I suggest you look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and help yourself to the audios which are there free for free download. There's hundreds and hundreds of them there and hopefully by the end of it all, if you're still holding on to your sanity, you'll understand the big system that you were born into uh, that the educational system didn't tell you about and the media certainly won't go into it either. You're, you've been run by really big think tanks for an awful long time who work on behalf of those who own the world via the the economy and the the economical system which they run and especially the international banks which they run. Uh, We do have guys who do international accounting uh, for this particular group and they run the whole planet and they don't sit and wait for a crisis to happen. They plan crisis, they benefit from the crisis and the ones we're going through now simply are the update, their last set of crisis which they created uh, when they came out with the Bretton Woods and then the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the Bank for International Settlement and other ones too, which are to take over this global society which the big boys wanted to. to well, basically that's them capping, uh, capping the whole system for themselves. It's a world domination system. Ties in exactly with what Rocker said a long time ago. That it's far better that uh, bankers and intelligentsia, meaning academics, high professors, and all that, uh, manage the world's direction rather than leaving it up to the individual self-auto-determination of national sovereign nations. And that's what we've been working against for all this time. And most folk haven't a clue that it's happened and they're still going through it. And your future's all planned for you, including the bank crashes. And including the solutions to come up with too. So as I say, help yourself to those. Remember too, I don't bring on advertisers. I'm not sponsored by guests or who really are advertisers. Then it's up to you to keep me going so you can buy the books and this I have at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And there's a bunch to choose from. You can use PayPal to order from the US. You can use international postal money order from the US. You can use, um, uh, a personal check as well from the U.S. Some people just send cash. But how to, how to do it, it's all on cuttingthroughthematrix.com, how to order and how to um, use the donation button for the order to send a, an, a, an email to follow it up, name, address, and order, and get it out to you. Across the world, same idea, Western Union, MoneyGram, and you've, you've got PayPal as well. Straight uh, donations are really awfully welcome at this time because, I say, I'm not in it to, to make an empire of myself or to get rich and all the rest of it. And um, I certainly get enough acclaim from a lot of people across the planet and even sometimes top of Google from the odd story here and there. But it certainly doesn't pay me anything because I don't ask for it. But it's up to you, as I say, to keep me going if you want to. I'm not compromised, in other words, this way by... Uh, be owing, uh, owing anything to anyone or having to go along with things I might not agree with. So you can help me keep going, as I say, by going to cuttingthroughmatrix.com. All the sites listed there have the audios in English 
and they have transcripts in English. If you want transcripts in other languages for print-up, you can go into alanwattsentinel.eu and take your pick from the choice offered there. We are going through the biggest transition phase. As we all know, of course, this is a massive... Tra- and actually, they call it this at the top of the United Nations. They've been planning it for an awful long time. Uh, the 21st century was to be the century of change. And academia would prattle on about this in a sort of stealth language so that you would understand what they're really on about unless you're in on the in-crowd and, of course, what we know what it means now is Agenda 21. It's the whole worldwide redistribution of your wealth to, to the big multinationals across the planet. But we'll go into that tonight and show you where it's all going. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix and we truly are in this new management system. We've been in it for quite some time. It's only now they're bringing it into uh, the next step of public private management and all governments now are using lots and lots of think tanks and outside resources, private resources for advice on, on policies, etc. So when you think about it, it's very easy for a small group of people who already own the international banking system, to own these think tanks to, to tell the governments what to do. And the governments do that, in fact. Because, after all, what were these characters in government before? They were in government, they were lawyers or something else. And they, they didn't know it was much about government as, as average person in the street, basically. Low-level psychopaths go in, and uh, they do what they're told, as long as they're well-rewarded. And... Um, and therefore, they're kind of at a loss when they're given a position over a particular area of government, like the military or whatever. They don't, the, only, the only field exercises they've had is really knocking a ball across a field in golf. But here they're in charge of the military one day. So they need the advice from the experts, you see. And that's what they do. And we pay them for that. So why bother happening with politicians in the first place? is to keep the facade up that they serve the public. That's why if a guy in uniform came on as your your, your representative for the the government who is elected, supposedly, um, you'd kind of wonder about it if they're all wearing uniforms. So it's a good disguise, but in reality we're going through the transition phase now because the old system, remember the Club of Rome said, of democracy was it just didn't work. And they had too much to do to accomplish to get this mission for Agenda 21 through. In a hundred years, they've got to get their uh, vastly reduced population. They've got to bring a new system uh, where the people are taught to be awfully happy while they're getting awfully poor, actually. And I've got reports from some of their sites on this, how to do it and what to achieve. And... Um, and even better than Russell said that, the people eventually will be very happy because the government will tell them they are. And, and that's really how it is, you know. So anyway, there's no end to this in sight because there's so many plans to, to bring forth in sustainability or climate change. You'll see that and even from the Department of Defense, climate change will be a big problem in the future because all the experts say so. Also, all the experts say allow on their panels. The ones who don't agree with them, and there's actually more who disagree, uh, don't get uh, a mention anywhere at all. Because after all, climate change and carbon taxes is a new form of control and a, a vast revenue uh, booster, too, for those who run the world. 
and lots of cash can be made of it. And it can also rule your life too because you won't be allowed to do so many things that you used to do before. And control factor is very, very important in all of these measures that come out from the government or from the United Nations departments, this multitude of departments they have running the United Nations, and we all sign on to them. At least your, your, your so-called elected premiers or, or presidents do. Now, sustainability is, is one big thing. We know that Rockefeller recently, uh, earlier this year, called for a rapid reduction in population. He said the traditional methods which he and all the NGOs and many other foundations were funding, Bill Gates and the rest of them, uh, for under the, the guise of health care across the world, was actually, of course, abortion. That's really what they mean by it for sustainability. And since the 19, oh, early 70s, they've been funding massive abortion projects across, across the third world because their think tanks at that time told them, oh, there's going to be a massive, massive increase in the very poor people in Africa who are going to invade the West and stuff like that. Now, it's not enough now that, that, that that's going ahead. Now Rockefeller and, and all the rest of them, now that we're pretty well global, you see, and there's a lot of nations disappearing under consortiums like the EU, this new Soviet system that runs the whole of Europe. Uh, and America's to go the same with Canada eventually once they get over uh, this uh, financial blip they've got at the moment. Uh, then with the one big consortium here, and they've, they've set it up to for the Asian countries, the Far East countries. So same kind of thing. These blocks uh, will all really eventually dis- disappear with their names and even their history is being eradicated right now. In fact, and I'll touch on that later, hopefully, if I remember to do it. But rapid depopulation has to be introduced now, uh, claimed Rockefeller. And there's only a few ways they can do it. That's to further poison your meat, your food. You see, all your food you, you, you take. Worry are poisoned with the chemicals and the GM, the modified genes and so on, that uh, a warfare industry made now. Monsanto was in the war business. And now you're making your food to keep you healthy and you trust them. Well, good luck to you folks if you still believe that. Uh, tune into something else, maybe a nice new age thing that gives you lots of fantasy and hope. But there's, there's a reason for everything that happens. And you don't bring in hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of guys who were previously looking at genetic warfare and killing ethnic peoples, specifically targeting the ethnic DNA, uh, and, and make them make your food for you. There's a little clue for you. And then yet every government on the planet, they mandate you must eat this GM food because uh, that's all you're going to get eventually. Think about it. Now, but it's very important under all these regulations to take counts of who's alive and who's de- dying, who's dead, etc. Governments to introduce a new £170, this is in Britain because it's a premier flagship, death tax. Now, they already pay death taxes this is for, for another reason. Death is going to get more expensive by about £170, whether you're burned or buried. Uh, when you go, the government is planning to grab an extra £170 from your estate via a new tax, a death tax. It claims the tax is needed because they want to improve the accuracy of death statistics. Awfully important to know how many is getting born, who's dying. Now, they already know that the, that the ethnic races that belongs in Europe uh, for an awful long time uh, are on a vast decline. In fact, all their official reports go along with that study upon study. And they're awfully happy about that too, apparently. I've read a lot of their articles over the years. And um, 
because they were awfully good people and they're told not to have children and have cars instead and women should have businesses going and, and they all went for it and of course, um, they had no children or maybe one would come out of a, a couple of two. Uh, most folk can't even stay together anymore because they watch television where it's nothing but sex and you know, Hollywood type characters which they, they just lust after and that's why they're on there of course. So it doesn't really work in reality. Reality is not like that. I mean, Hollywood is a fantasy, folks. But most folk today can't tell that. It just makes them dissatisfied with who they're living with. So the, all these warfare techniques have worked very, very well. So most of them didn't have children or uh, if one at the most. And, of course, and by the time you're dead, uh, you've half the population if everyone followed suit. And they have all these stats down, as I say, if you go into the United Nations. A department of population. And so here they go. They want to now tax you uh, so that they can give another department for the Department of Statistics uh, dedicated to see who's dying and, and, and keep a, an accurate death toll. So it says, uh, crucially, it will mean that the family of the deceased having to stump for £170 for all non-coroner-related deaths before the person is allowed to be buried. Uh, nothing in life is certain but death and taxes, but the government is making sure you'll not only be certain of death, but of paying extra tax when you go, and before you're settled on the gr- in, the, in the ground or in an urn. What happens if the family refuses to pay? Will you continue to be stuck with the freezer, uh, like in an abandoned car, sucking down expensive state-funded electricity? There could be quite a stack of bodies. It says uh, funerals are already expensive enough. They're they're like like lawyers in the medical industry and pharma. Uh, They're guaranteed massive payments from insurance and so on. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. You can't lose as an undertaker. Anyway, it says, Paul Bearer's hair's flowers fee for the minister, a headstone possibly, and it's upkeep, plus all the council permissions. I mean, it's so crazy the system we live in now. Permits for everything. A line of outstretched hands. But now he's another one. Direct from the government before the family can say goodbye. For those who can remember back to last year, the Conservatives got very animated about Labour's plan for a $20,000 death tax to fund national uh, carers. But £175 is a bit less than 20000 Next, prepare to pay tax on a birth certificate so you can be taxed both ends. It's interesting, you see, once again, this is uh, legalities. Your birth certificate really is ownership. If you register anything to the government, uh, you can have the use of it for a while, but it's not yours. doesn't matter what you write, car or whatever, and same with your child. And then they can tax you, you see, because you're given property and ownership to that uh, entity, the government, this private corporation. You're given a life over to them. And they can do what they want then, fill you full of inoculations, make you a moron, and make you incapable of ever waking up and saying, hey, this is all wrong. Tax as soon as you draw breath, and tax for uh, once breath goes. It's only a matter of time, it says here. And folk, of course, will go along with it because they go along with everything as they get robbed blind by this um, entity called government that uh, calls themselves public servants. You know, public servants. Not bad being a servant when you're, you've got more cash rolling in than any of the people, any, any of your supposed masters. It's such a farcical joke. But people go along with it. People go along with it, don't they? And there's no end to it, you understand. There's no end. So here they are because they want to ensure they reach their target quotas of death and live births. That you're going to pay extra cash. Yeah. I mean, like they don't have enough cash rolling in already. They're lending cash out across the, the world like a bank. 
And who gave them permission to do that? Well, it's a private corporation. They can do whatever they want. That's what. And then they give them money out, uh, redistribution of wealth, they call it, right from the communist planks and the manifesto. And they're, they're really giving it to big corporations in third world countries. Now, we know that the, there's a lot of the ongoing October revolution right now, the love October for revolutions, and the Wall Street um, protests and that's going on across the country in the U.S., and maybe spreading into Canada eventually. And there's lots of people that's just ticked right off with this. And it's so true, isn't it? I mean, what court... Let's really have, Supposing we had a real justice system, which we don't, of course. We have a system that serves the system. And these characters plunder you twice a century minimum, and then they get rewarded by your tax money to float them again, so they can do it once again. Back with a minute, uh, in a moment after this break, with more on this particular story. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix. It's just mentioning about, yeah, there's an awful lot of folk who are just completely ticked off with uh, the constant plundering of incredibly rich banks uh, who who give billion-dollar bonuses to top dogs, of course, every year. Right after they got their, their bailouts too, they were right at it again, same old thing, and uh, still scamming the public left, right, and centre. And yet the establishment is firmly behind the ones who are in power in the banking system to make sure they keep going. So really, as far as they're concerned, America is just a, a list of corporate banks at the top, the big, big boys at the top. That's all America is to them. And we're just there for their use of, of course. So really, people are really demonstrating all over. You got a lot of left wing out, unfortunately. That, I mean, the hard radical Marxist groups, which were prophesied back in 2007 from the military Ministry of Defence's think tanks report that that, that would happen with their flash mobs, etc. So they, they knew all this was coming before it all happened. Before they even said, "Okay, we're broke," you know, "we're bust." It was all figured out in advance because they keep at the watch and everything that's going on. And I really believe all the big banks at the top, you know, uh, planned all this. They knew they were creating nothing but bubbles. And um, they were passing all these houses and mortgages around like crazy until they couldn't even find who originally owned it. But each time they would sell it to the next character, they'd double or triple the price and say, it's a great deal, etc. It was all it was all utterly criminal, really. And they got off with it because the government won't touch them. Because, you see, that is the establishment. That is the establishment. So anyway, uh, lots of got are ticked, ticked off, and of course, the, the, unfortunately, a lot of the, the left-left Marxists also want to bring in this new system, which Rockefeller and all the big boys at the top want to bring in as well. Isn't that amazing? You know, the new the new system with a new way of living and uh, austerity, and uh, made their talking about austerity long before the bank crash. Believe you me, planning at the United Nations and, and for the 21st century is part of Agenda 21, and. Um, and here they go with it. So unfortunately, there are a lot of them who are protesting will get uh, boondoggled again by uh, fancy words, lots of promises, and they'll end up into this new, even more restricted totalitarian system, uh, all dumped into the slum cities to where living on top of each other, because that is the agenda for the bulk of the populace for the, for the, for the whole 21st century. And eventually only those who are in very high positions will be able to afford to live on the land because basically they'll serve the, the world system 
and they'll, they'll be on top of the national security, uh, school boards, all of these things. The only ones who can afford all the permits and a lot of them will be just, uh, you know, waved right through without the permits. In fact, you won't be able to get on the land. And that's already been discussed as well. As far back, uh, you know, as, as Julian Huxley, when he was head of the United Nations, UNESCO, uh, he said the same thing. He says, that would be a problem down the road. He says, this is in the 50s, 1950s. Yes, he says, uh, should we leave any on, in, the, in the country at all, or how do we get them off? He says, well, I'll have to think about that. Well, what they mean by thinking about it is that the average person who is non-essential to the state or this, the world system will be unable to live and not allowed to live in the country. That's what they want. They want everyone under the watchful eyes of CCTV cameras and in the cities where they can be readily reached and disposed of if necessary. So anyway, Washington protest, American spectators condemned over article. Patrick Howley claimed that he infiltrated Saturday's D.C. protest in order to discredit it, but the count has since been altered. It says Saturday's march was organized by the October 11th group, which protests against America's use of unmanned drones overseas. That was one of them. A conservative U.S. news magazine has come under fire after one of its journalists boasted of being an agent provocateur at a clash between protesters and security guards in Washington. The incident in which guards used pepper spray on protesters trying to enter the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum and was wildly reported to be linked to the Occupy Wall Street protests. Patrick Howley, an assistant editor at the American Spectator, wrote over the weekend that he had infiltrated the protest group in order to discredit it. He said, as far as anyone knew, I was part of this cause, a cause that I had infiltrated the day before in order to mock and undermine in the pages of the American Spectator, and I wasn't giving up before I had my story. However, Howley's breathless account of his role as provocateur was goes on to condemn the protesters' lack of nerve to confront authority and his own determination to escalate the protests further as he rushed past security guards into the museum has since been altered. The magazine appears to have taken down the story, although it's been reported in the Washington Post and on the Fire Dog Lake and Dairy Daily Cost blogs. The links are all here to see what he originally had written. Removed from the news stories, any mention of Howley's motive to mock and undermine the protesters or his disdain for their lack of nerve. Instead, he says his involvement was intended for journalistic purposes and he rushed inside the museum to find a place to observe. And then it says that Charlie Grapsky, a citizen journalist and activist, accused the American spectator and Howley of breaching journalistic integrity and of criminal acts and called for them to be investigated and charged. Well, you know, an awful lot of journalists are also associated with the CIA. That's been well disclosed from the top themselves over the years. And lots of university professors are as well. Same in Canada with the CSIS. Anyway, Gramsci said it's not journalism. This goes against every tenet of ethical journalism. Howley was doing it in order to mock and undermine. His actions showed that the protesters were not out to disrupt, but the chaos and disruption followed his actions. Not only has he distorted the story to discredit others, he is engaged in criminal acts. But he'll he'll get off with it because he'll be one of their boys. So whenever you're in a big, big crowd, of course, you expect the provocateurs. They've been caught so many times. The police send them in dressed as you, or, or they, you often see them because they have their hair shaved like skinheads, and they all wear the same boots. And, um, and, and they try to get things really going. They, they can even hire them. And today, there's professional provocateurs you hire in groups. There are gangs of them. And you, you fly them in from other countries. They fly them around the world, in fact. And governments employ them. Back with more after this. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. Just say, be beware of the groups that you want to be involved in because you'll often be used for a completely opposite, it's very Orwellian a purpose and you actually think you're involved in. And there's so many radical, far, far left ones there that want to bring in the same system. If you really look at the system they want to bring in uh, of total control over everyone's lives and the planned society, it's exactly the same as the so-called far, far right or the ones who run the world. They know as the bankers do. And um, that's the way it's all planned for the future. Now, VeriSign, which manages the database of all .com internet addresses, wants powers to shut down non-legitimate domain names when asked to by law enforcement. The company said to date wants to be able to enforce the denial, cancellation or transfer of any registration in any of a laundry list of scenarios where a domain is seemed or deemed to be abusive. Now that, that can be stretched to any dimension by lawyers, as you well know. Any term can. Abusive. Or someone can say I'm offended. Oh, I was offended by that site. Pull it. And that's it. First sign should be able to shut down a .com or .net domain and therefore its associated website and email to comply with any applicable court orders, laws, government rules or requirements, requests of law enforcement or other governmental or quasi-governmental agency, all these private ones that work now for government, or any dispute resolution process according to document filed today with domain name industry overseer ICANN. It says, the company has already helped law enforcement agencies in the U.S., such as Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, seize domains that were allegedly being used to sell counterfeit goods or facilitate online piracy when the agency first obtained a court order. They always give you the, the worst scenario, but they know it's not for that at all. You know where it's all going to go. That seizure process has come under fire because in at least one fringe case, it seized a .com domain's website and had already been ruled legal, which had been ruled legal by a court in its native Spain. Senior ICE agents, I love all these names. It's like, you know, it's like uh, Spectre from James Bond and stuff. They just love this stuff. Are on record saying that uh, they believe all .com addresses fall under U.S. jurisdiction, but new powers would be international and, according to various signs filing, could enable it to shut down a domain site also when it receives requests from law enforcement without a court order. Without a court order, various law enforcement personnel around the globe have asked us to mitigate domain name abuse and have validated our approach to rapid suspension of malicious domain names. Verisign told ICANN, describing its system as an integrated response to criminal activities that utilize Verisign-managed top-level domains and DNS infrastructure. So it's, they're, they're trying to say it's malicious domain names and um, and criminal. Well, I think you do government ones, all the, the gov.com ones, because you only get anything more criminal than that, believe you me. And piracy. <laughs> the company said it has also cooperated with U.S. law enforcement, including the FBI, to craft the suspension policies, and that it intends to also work with police in Europe and elsewhere. It's not yet clear how Verisign would handle a request to suspend a .com domain that was hosting content legal in the U.S. and Europe, but illegal in, for example, Saudi Arabia or Uganda. Verisign made the request in a registry service evaluation process document filed today with ICANN. 
RSEP is currently the primary mechanism that re- registrars employ when they want to make significant changes to their contracts with ICANN. The Quest also separately asks for permission to launch a malware scanning device not dissimilar to the one recently introduced by ICM Registry, manager of the new uh, .xxx extension. That service will enable VeriSign to scan all .com websites once per quarter for malware and then provide a free informal-only security report to the registrar responsible for the domain, which would then be able to take re-mediated uh, action. It would be a voluntary service. Mind you, if they say they've found it on your site, even if no one, if they can't prove it, I guess I'll give them a reason to, to pull it, you see. So anyway, uh, RACP requires all registries, uh, including various signs, to submit to a technical and competition evaluation. And it goes on and on a little bit more, but it's basically you're seeing, uh, and it's, it's actually in the Department of Defense's report for the next 50 years, this, uh, how they're going to go on and unify all the, the basic uh, stuff to do with all communication, because they foresee terrorism and everything. In fact, in the latest uh, military defense report, one think tank for the UK and the US and NATO military, they actually say that, that all, the, the difference between who is an actual terrorist and people who are not really terrorists but could be radicalized even individually um, uh, will expand the meaning of terrorism. Uh, to do with communications, etc., etc. So this is all plans, and this is part of it too. And plus, they want a unifying one agency across the world to dominate, uh, all, overseeing all of the internet. They're pushing for this 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 global system of amalgamation. Now, um, he's a part of it here. In fact, UK officials see cyber security consolidation. Uh, it says the global security market will likely see increasing mergers and acquisitions in coming years given the larger number of firms and buyers in the sector and the intensity of the threat, a top UK official said Monday. The opportunities for consolidation in security are much more obvious than they are in defence. Richard Panaguan, who oversees defence and security exports for the British Trade and Investment Office, told Reuters in an interview at the annual conference of the Association of the US Army. The defence sector consolidated heavily after the end of the Cold War, but many new companies have sprung up after September 11, 2001 hijackings to deal with growing threats to government and corporate computer networks and physical infrastructure. In the world of security, where the threats are enormous, in order to surmount these threats, there needs to be a kind of consolidation of both the industry and, most importantly, the purchasing power, Panagun said. Defence industry executives and analysts expect a new wave of consolidation amongst second and third tier companies and the global weapons making business. They believe that companies specialising in cyber security are a particularly attractive target. Paragon says the sheer scale of the challenges of protecting corporate government uh, corporate, government and military computer networks from a vast array of threats underscored the need for better coordination within individual countries and among them, he says. So they want to consolidate it all. And it's strange this all came out right after the latest um, Department of Defense think tank study for the next 50 years uh, that just was just released there. Uh, so that they go right in, on board with it and get the, the ideas out to their little minds uh, bit by bit by bit until they bring it in. We're all kind of ready for it when they bring it in. That's how they train us for what's to come by predictive programming. Now, we're so politically correct now because see, the whole world's in, in many transitions as, as they raise borders in many countries 
and allow the free trade of uh, or the free flow of goods and services and labor into countries. Uh, and that, that was everything I'm about to read now was put out by Department of Defense think tanks 20 years ago, some 30 years ago. But here's, here's in the paper now. This is France Marseille. Actually, back in the days of John Dewey, he mentioned this too. Uh, it says, um, parents and teachers across France are up in arms over the new textbooks which carry accounts of French history revised to avoid insulting ethnic minority peoples. They say common sense has been sacrificed to political correctness in the French schools. They now fear their identity will soon disappear along with their history. A modern French history textbook now boasts no less than 20 pages on the history of black slavery while devoting a mere six pages to the achievements of Napoleon, who's shown sitting on a toilet in this children's textbook. France's new history textbooks are enraging parents and teachers who call it political correctness gone mad. Dimitri Casali, history professor and best-selling author of the newly banished giants of France, warns of dire consequences of the new educational policy. If we don't teach our minorities the history of their adopted country, they won't feel French. We're already seeing riots on our streets. They have been for years in France, actually. And that is true. If, if they don't, And even the Department of Defense says, says this, too. They're in a quandary because, on the one hand, they know that if you don't bring in immigrants and, and make them feel part of the country until it is their country, and they adapt the, the, the dominant culture already established, then they'll keep their own, and then they will become radicalized down the, the road and they'll have riots, you see. So we're seeing the stage set for the riots, actually, and they're doing that for years. So as he said, we're already seeing riots on our streets, uh, Kisali exclaims. And the new textbooks, the Crusades, are now called insulting to Muslims. The son King Louis XIV is labeled imperialist, and it's, it's all communist written, you see. And Napoleon is mocked as the Colonel Gaddafi of his day. The star of the new school books is Mali's previously little-known King Kankua Musa, who ruled over the West African country in the 13th century. The purge even extends to literary giants like Victor Hugo, author of the world classic Les Miserables. And it says, uh, France is already breaking up, believes Professor Casali, because his young people have no sense of identity. Parents are deeply concerned too. Father of free Jean-Noël Villemin from Paris says, we need to study even the worst pages of her history because you can't understand politics today if you don't understand history. And it's so vitally true. You've got to know uh, the big changes you went through in history and why. It's just if they want to understand and vote properly, well, they, they always vote for the same system. Legal action is seen as the only way to stop the erasure of France's national history. Schools now give 10% of the schedule to the medieval African Mali Empire. I studied it, and what exactly is its contribution to world development, asked Parisian Michael uh, Marcel uh, Casaldi. Thousands signed a petition uh, after lessons on the French Revolution were replaced by a study of the African Kingdom of Monomotapa, which may say, many say I've never heard of. The Minister of Education refused to be interviewed, but gave RT the statement. We're changing school curriculum to reflect globalization. Mozumotapa is being taught because it is important to have a view on other world cultures, such as Egypt, China, and India, the statement reads. A new European Parliament report has backed compulsory school lessons on the benefits of the EU. This is this new Sovietized uh, Parliament. 
from a very young age. Critics say pupils are learning less and less about their own countries and warn that states which stop teaching their past will simply consign themselves to history. Now, it, it ties in with John Dewey an awful long time ago because John Dewey was set up to, to uh, bring down the American educational system. He belonged to the different far-left causes and he was trained in Germany for to come, bring this system over to America. And um, he said in his books, if you read them for yourself, he said that uh, eventually we'd have this multicultural world as we amalgamate the whole world into one system. And uh, he said we we shall teach, eventually we'll phase out pretty well all history where there's any conflict at all. It'll just disappear from the history books like Orwell's Memory Hole. And uh, so that was the plan. And you're seeing it in action many, 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 many decades later. So nothing happens by chance. It's all planned that way. The whole world order is always planned in advance by those who control it at the time. You know, he who controls the past controls the future, you see. So nothing happens by chance, as I say. Now, there's another article I put up to. Police search cell phones during traffic stops in Michigan. I think it believes this is all happening. Uh, They've got a high-tech mobile forensic device that can be used to extract information from cell phones belonging to motorists stopped for minor traffic violations. The American Civil Liberties Union of Michigan last Wednesday demanded that state officials stop stonewalling freedom of information requests for information on the program. They learned that the police had acquired the cell phone scanning devices and in August 2008 filed an official request for records on the program, including logs of how the devices were used. The state police responded by saying they would provide the information only in return. Listening to this, they would provide to the ACLU the information, what they were up to, only in return for a payment of $544,680. The ACLU found this charge outrageous. Law enforcement officers are on own occasion to encourage citizens to cooperate if they have nothing to hide. Oh, if you have nothing to hide, or you let us go through you, everything, and x-ray you, and and poke you, and, and look up your orifices. Yeah? I mean, that's what it's come down to, folks, and you're all letting it happen. That's how you consent to it. And when you consent to it, you create a legality. You're helping become a monstrous legality. And it says, no less, uh, no less should be expected of law enforcement, and the Michigan State Police should be willing to assuage concerns that these powerful extraction devices are being used illegally by honoring a request for cooperation and disclosure. It says, uh, the, dev- the police found the device could grab all of the photos and video of an iPhone within one and a half minutes. The device works with 3,000 different phone models and can even defeat password protections. Complete extraction of existing, hidden, deleted, and all your deleted phone data is all there too. It's all stored, you see, including call history, text messages, contacts, images, and geotags. A Celebrite brochure explains regarding the device's capabilities. The physical analyzer allows visualization of both existing and deleted locations on Google Earth. In addition, location information from GPS servit devices and image geotags can be mapped on Google Maps. The ACLU is concerned that these powerful capabilities are being used uh, quietly to bypass Fourth Amendment protections against unreasonable searches. Uh, you should never have gone and allowed the, even the name law enforcement officers. They used to be called police at one time. And they were public servants. And they used to call people sir and madam, etc. Because they knew that, that, that they were, you, were, you were their paymaster. You still are their paymaster. But how through conditioning they can get the people to you know, get dumbed down, stupid, through all the 
propaganda movies. It's all movies, drama, all propaganda that you see on television. Yeah, and you've all and, and look at the ones now. You can't watch a movie without them battering down doors, all dressed in black. Until when it happens to people, they say it's just like the movies. Well, sure, it's like the movies because the cops wanted to be like the movie stars. Now they get their chance. Ah, oh, dear, dear, it's gone way too far, way too far. I tell you one thing: it's not doesn't bode good for the for the future because the more powerful and the more uh, longevity a system like that has. In that kind of form, they will not go down quietly. They will not give up at all. Believe you me, they'll be more ferocious and more aggressive. Now, getting back to what I said before, that politicians can't think for themselves. They don't expect to anymore. It says, meet the, the PC oligarchy that now rules Britain. Now, it's, this is a good article because it's the same across the world now, including the States. You could have asked for a better snapshot of the unbridgeable chasm that now separates politicians from the public in the Tory party conference. This weird media-oriented stage managed display of pragmatism and bluster confirmed that politics has become completely disassociated from ordinary people's lives and concerns. The conference showed that the political class and the only other section of society that has any interest in what it thinks and says, the media, are now so insulated from the madding crowd that they not only think in a different way and have different outlooks on life, but seem to speak in a different language entirely. The rarefication of British politics is complete. This is the most striking thing about the Conservative Party conference was the extent to which its agenda was determined by not what, uh, what is not happening in the real world rather than what is. So really, this was supposedly political gathering at which the big issues of the day, from the economy to the future of Europe, were either skittered around or given the deeply unconvincing Cameron's plucky bulldog treatment, while issues that have no traction whatsoever amongst the public, from sexist language to gay marriage, these are the topics they pick, you see, these things, were put centre stage by both Tory spokesmen and political reporters. Now, they're all run now, you see, by think tanks and, and, and experts that tell them what the topics will be. They're useless, in other words, as leaders. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix and I've just got time for a call. I'll take Mark from Texas. Are you there, Mark? Sure am, Alan. Yes. You know, the the phrase that I hate the most is is that phrase public-private partnership because I don't think it really truly describes the, the, uh, the association. It's public corporations and private corporations partnerships. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. You with me? Yeah. Now, now, here's what I'm seeing with this association that's being developed. It's going to continue to morph, and they're going to continue, Alan, to transfer taxing, mm-hmm. uh, not authority, but taxing collections from the public corporation to the private. Mm-hmm. They're going to continue to move all taxing collections to the private corporation. In other words, they're going to they're going to place it with your electric bill, with your water bill, yeah. with stuff that's essential. And by the way, there's a good possibility. I can't prove this. I'm still working on this one. But, Alan, there's a good possibility they could put a lien on your house if you don't pay your electric bill once. I, actually, that they're, do, they're doing that in Greece. That was one of the solutions they came up with in Greece. Well, you're kidding. No, they're actually doing that. 
There's a book written back in the 30s in, in, in techniques and tectonics, and, and it was to do with this very system where taxing folk on energy be done by private corporations in the future, and, and the public-private partnerships go into a form of feudalism, quickly verified that too, or private corporations. And uh, in, in Greece, I read the article about a week ago, it's on my archive section, the website, cuttingthroughnates.com, where uh, they've actually the, the government had put through the, the payments for all these taxes that they're, they're owing via their electric bills through a private corporation. And if you don't pay them, they come in and cut off your electricity. But the, the next step is to take your house over, yeah. Well, and they're actually trying to push it. If you look at their, their phrasing now on all the, uh, the, uh, the political talk, it's all, well, we need less taxes, less taxes. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have less taxes, no. Alan. No. They're just going to throw it to the private side. The private side, and as you say, they'll tax it on energy, because that was the whole focus of this new system that takes over, along with money. It's also energy consumption, and that will be a form of, of, uh, of taxing you even more uh, for energy. Uh, and the, you're already doing it, actually, under the carbon taxes, and once the value-added tax kicks in the U.S., which is definitely going to happen, all the rest of the world's got it. And it started off from the CFR and the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the whole VAT idea, VAT. Um, you're going to find that um, you're, going to, you're paying for even the wrapper that that candy bar was made, how much energy it took to make that carbon bar, how much carbon it created during that. And it's all taxed on top of, of your candy bar. And anything else you buy as well is taxed the same way. Yeah. Well, I'm just even thinking, though, with essentials for living in a house. Yes. You know, not not yeah. just with electricity. You have your natural gas. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your heating oil. Yep. There's lots of ways they could do this and not even really even, you know, put it underneath the circle of carbon. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, they could just do the essentials yeah, and absolutely. just nail you that way. Yeah, but that's where it's to go. All energy consumption, and that's what this other group eventually, along with the big top bankers that are still working today, back in the 1930s, said eventually we can actually use energy itself as a form of currency. And that's also where your carbon credits come in and all this kind of stuff. But taxing you right down. It's amazing yeah. when you try and think like a crook and somebody beats you to it. That's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> Thanks, it. Well, well you, The best crooks have already done it. That's just yeah. it. I'm you just see? a little late on being a crook. Yeah. God bless you, brother. Thanks for calling. Bye now. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada. And remember, buy the books and discs or donate and keep me going at cuttingtributes.com. Well, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>